0: Good morning everybody and welcome from the beautiful green Midlands in KZN. I'm meeting with Estelle Koch again today, and we're going to continue our talk around faith belief systems, and I want to speak more about the heart. Estelle, you touched on the heart center and that we need to live more from our heart. How do we do that?
1: Good morning, Penny, and um, yes, it is important that we speak of the heart when we speak of faith, for the heart really is the center of who we are, and it is at the center and at the core of our faith. You know, life deals us some pretty interesting blows, and We tend to close our hearts down from the time as children in our homes where parents may do or not do something that we have an expectation of as a child. We may feel rejected. We may not feel validated. Um, All kinds of things can happen in a child's life that can cause them not to trust. And the minute trust is lost it is as though the heart starts shutting down or the person starts shutting down the emotional aspect of the heart. As you go through life and you meet your first great love and you are maybe hurt in that relationship, it's quite interesting in my work to see how often that first very important love relationship can set the tone for people to have, I do not want to call it dysfunctional, because it's not quite that strong, but to have fears about stepping forward and opening themselves up for relationships. Please do not think for one minute that this is the norm, but it is true that many, many people, every time they experience a betrayal, or what they deem a betrayal, will shut down a little bit of their heart. And the more you start shutting down the voice of the heart, let me put it that way, the voice of the heart, the more alienated and isolated you become within yourself. You can never shut down the heart. The heart will continue beating um And it would be very, very interesting for our listeners who may be interested in understanding the workings of the heart to go and look on the internet at the Institute of Heart Math. Um, They do phenomenal work whereby they study the impact of emotional experiences on the physical heart and how to heal that. And they have... Wonderful information and um, ideas and examples that one can follow. So I highly recommend the Institute of Heart Math for this. However, it is not everybody who is at that space, but we all need to live with a focus, I would say, on the heart. Why? Because the heart is the center of our relationship with life and with the divine or with spirit. So when we live from the heart, we live from a place of non-judgment. We live from a place of the universal love, not the emotional love that we speak of in relationships, but the universal love, the right to be loved and the right to be alive, even. And when we can live with that knowingness, that we have a right to be alive, and we have a right to be loved, and that we are loved, we are an expression of the Divine's love for us, and for the world that we are here, to bring our unique gifts to the world, is an expression of the love of the divine. So, because you as a person is an expression of love in the lives of the people who matter to you, if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, from that point of view, we need to look at the fact that the heart cannot shut down. And if it does, it has become so impacted by emotion in a lot of instances, that it does have a physical fallout. But what I am wanting to speak of is the voice of the heart. Because the voice of the heart is the voice of meeting place of the intuition, which is soul, and the mind. It is a place where your mind and your soul meet. So what does that mean? It means it's a place where, you know, a lady by the name of Patricia Diane Cota-Robles, if you were ever to come across her work, once said, you have to open your mind, but be careful not to open it so wide that your brain falls out. So there is always, you know, live in faith, do what you need to do. If you're guided to go and do something, go and do that. But bring the mind into it. Let the mind be a guide. I've known people who would say that they have been told by spirit to go and become missionaries in a different country. And one family I know spent four days at the airport because the man had been told he needs to go to an African country to become a missionary. So he packed up his whole family and went to the airport because he believed that the guidance would come and somebody would come and give them tickets. Now that is a little bit far-fetched and pushing things a little bit. So your his heart may have told him that, but it would have helped if he allowed his mind to just tell him to wait until they had the tickets. So the mind-living from the heart, is living from the center. It is living from a place where we get the guidance from our soul, from whatever it is that is our driving and inspired force and also the reason to um, some extent to get the balance between those two. If we allow that, if we allow our mind into the heart just a little bit, we will not become so completely devastated by relationships that are not working. Because then we will realize, um, for instance, uh, for instance relationships, because then we will realize that no other person can make us happy. Because no other person can make us happy. We choose to be happy. And having other people in our lives could be a celebration of that. But if somebody leaves you, it is not the end of your world, yet That is what your heart tells you in that moment. But if you get the balance right there, things shift. However, you have this overwhelming mind that tells you, this is the end of my world. So the mind can either be the balance or it can be the destruction. So the first thing we always need to do is find the balance, between our heart and our mind, and know that our intuition is one thing, our heart is one thing, and then the mind plays its part. But it should be invited to the party. The mind should not set the stage for the party. So when we do that, there is a balance. When, however, my mind now tells me that I have been betrayed by my mother, my father, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, or, and this happens often, by God. All kinds of things start happening, and I keep shutting down the voice of my heart that says I'm still here. I'm beating for you. I am here. Do not allow your mind to push the heart, to push the love out, because it is here. So the first thing that we need to do to get back to the heart, which is the pulse of your soul. Um, and very importantly, the heart sets the rhythm for every other organ in your body. So when your heart is out of sync, and again I'm going to refer, uh, refer you to the Institute of Heart Math to go and read what happens when the heart is out of sync because of a shock, an emotional shock to it. When that is out of sync, everything else is out of sync. So we need to start again with ourselves. We need to start with the masks because the masks that I spoke about when we spoke about self-development, personal development for spiritual development, is that which we have placed over the mask, uh, over the mask that we have, placed over the heart, to not hear the voice. Because I am now so angry with that person who hurt me, whether as a child, whether as an adult, or with God, who betrayed me by not hearing my prayers, that I cannot hear the voice of my heart anymore. So now we get to a place where we start slowing down. And for this, you need help. This is not a process that is easy to do on your own. Because it needs somebody to hold you. It needs somebody to hold you through hard times, through ugly times sometimes. But you have to get back to your heart. You have to dig through the masks. You have to pull off the plaster that you've put around your wounds in order to get her to heal. And we heal the heart... First and foremost, through forgiveness, because if we do not, nothing else can flow. You know, there's there's um, there are some such sad stories about children and how children have been hurt. And yet the resilience of children is so amazing, how they can just bounce back. Tori Hayden writes a lot about children that she had worked with, Um, children who had been abandoned, who had been abused, children with real problems. And in one of her books, Murphy's Boy, this boy says, Do you know what people die of? People think that people die of illness, or that they die of accidents. That is not true. People die of heart rot. Because if your heart is not healthy, nothing else lives. So when you have heart rot, you die even if you are still alive. That is what we have to fight. That is what we have to get to. And we do that by forgiving. And as I mentioned to you in the very first podcast, forgiving stands for forgiving myself permission to heal and become whole again. In other words, when I heal my heart, I heal so many other aspects of my life that start falling by the wayside because I'm not listening to the voice of my heart.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. So basically what you're saying is that forgiveness is not about the other person. It is more, it's about yourself.
1: Penny, forgiveness has got nothing to do with the other person. You see, that is what we don't understand. We think that forgiving somebody else is saying what you did was okay. Forgiveness is the opposite. Forgiveness is saying, what you did was not okay. But I cannot continue living my life in the shadow of something you chose to do. You know, we all think that things happen to us. Very few things really happen to us. A lot of things happen. And a lot of things happen around us. A lot of things happen within the context of where we are, but it only happens to us when we choose to engage with it. And when we engage with it, we bring the energy of our heart to that engagement, and therefore we define what has just happened. Let me give you a very basic idea of what that that means. Imagine that you are driving down a road and you see an accident. There are four cars that's just driven past that accident. The panel beater goes, ah, oh, an accident, some more money for me. Good. The insurance pay, insurance broker goes, oh gosh, there's another payout, I better go and work. The doctor goes, I'd better stop and see if somebody was injured. The mom says, I hope there's no child in that car. For every one of them, that was a different experience based on where they were coming from.
0: Their frame of reference. Their
1: frame of reference, absolutely. So the same thing applies to what happens. You can have a person who breaks up with a girlfriend because this relationship is not working. You know, we always think that when we break up in relationships, it has to be because the one had an affair, or because the other one did something. It's always got to be something bad. Someone has to be to blame. Someone has to be to blame. Exactly that. But sometimes it is because one of the people in that relationship is true enough to him or herself, to be able to say, I love this person, but not enough. What I feel for this person is not enough. So I can stay in this relationship in pretense, or I can be true to myself, and through being true to myself, be true to that person, and therefore in the relationship. The other person can say that was really painful, and take the time to grieve the relationship, but to understand it, and to come back and say, thank you for that honesty. That was not an easy experience, but thank you. Whereas another one could choose to walk away with such anger and resentment that they could spend the next two years of their life investing in the anger and resentment that they are holding and therefore refuse to walk into another relationship. Or if they do, they take that anger, that resentment, and their fear of betrayal or abandonment into the next relationship and then taint that relationship and possibly many other relationships with that emotion. Forgiveness is the emotion or the action that says, I choose to move forward. I need to be discerning here. I need to stop and say, what really happened? And one of the major things for forgiveness and for healing the heart is to become aware of your self-talk. Self-talk could be your greatest enemy or your greatest friend. Because if you are constantly telling yourself, that person is a so-and-so, that person hurts me, that person X, Y, Z, you are taking energy that your body, your emotions, you as a being need to grow and heal and prosper and you're investing it in a negative investment regarding another person. So you're taking all your energy, you're putting it with a person who you believe hurt you, although that person did absolutely nothing to hurt you, but made a decision that ultimately was for the highest good of both of you. And you either take it and say, that was a painful experience, I learned from it, and I move on. Because if I'm truthful, I will have noticed in the last three months, that person was not as present in the relationship as he or she should have been. But because we're so involved in expecting other people to make us happy, we don't realize when things start changing. So first and foremost, to heal the heart, we need to be accountable. You and I need to be accountable for our own hearts and for what is going on. The more you learn to be self-focused, the more you will become aware if the other person is not present in the relationship. The more you will become aware if you are not present and no longer happy. Because very often in my work, I see people who come and sit there and tell me that their partner is this and their partner is that, but the truth of the matter is they themselves are unhappy in the relationship, but they refuse to look at that. So, we need to get to a place where we stop and say, am I truly happy? And what does happiness feel like? Then we need to say, who and when in my life were the people and the experiences that caused me to turn away from the voice of my heart? The tendency to go and dig elbow deep into your wounds really, that should not be happening. There is no need for us to go and pull off the scabs and start digging and creating new wounds. Because the interesting thing is the minute that you acknowledge that there was a hurt, and you step back from it just ever so slightly, and you look at what really happened, and you allow your heart to speak... In that moment, the healing starts. And then you may need to go in there. You may need to go in and look. In fact, you really should go in there and look and say, when that happened, what judgment did I make about myself? Did I tell myself that I'm not pretty enough? Did I tell myself I'm not clever enough? Did I tell myself I'm not good enough? Because if I did, I need to step back from that. I need to distance myself from that and I need to find all the most amazing reasons that exist in my life so that I can understand and start believing in me, having the faith that I should have in me. And what I want to say in relation to that, believing in me is taking on a belief about myself from what I see around me And from what other people tell me, until I can get to the place of knowingness, which is a faith in me. Does that make sense? Mm. Right. Having said that, we then start working with discernment rather than judgment. And discernment will say, I needed to lose my job because I was no longer there. I was not showing up anymore. From my point of view, I made the following mistakes, or I was not really happy, and that started to show in my job. Discernment says, I can understand that that person loved me as a person, but what the chemistry that we needed in our relationship was not there. He did not say, or she did not say, that I'm not good enough. That person just said, I love you dearly, but it's not working for me. That is discernment, as we've said before. When we can get to that place of discernment, rather than, you hurt me, that person did X, Y, Z to me, my boss fired me unnecessarily. When we can get beyond the judgment to a place of discernment, we can forgive. And forgiveness there says, I'm taking my power back. That experience hurt. It hurt very badly. But I have to forgive them by, for, by forgiving myself permission so that I can heal and move on. And then I take the energy that I would have invested in that person and I best invested in my well-being. That is what forgiveness truly is all about. So it's not about the other person. And I want to say something else about forgiveness. When you forgive somebody for having done something... No, 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 I'm sorry. What I want to say is, if you feel you have done something to somebody else, and you have worked through it, and you go to that person, and you say to that person, I'm really sorry. I have given this a lot of thought. And I'm really sorry, I understand that through my actions I may have hurt you. Please can you forgive me? You have to do that without expectation. Because if you go to that person and you say that, and I've experienced that a lot with parents will go to a child and say, I'm healing my life, I'm looking at my life, and I can see how these choices that I made and these actions I did, could have hurt you, and I really am so sorry. Please, will you forgive me? If the child then says, That's fine, I forgive you, the parent can move on. But very often, the children will say, No, I cannot forgive you. I'm not ready to forgive you. And that moment, you have to be able to walk on. You have to say, I said what I needed to say. I'm not going to engage again. Because if you now engage and you begin to justify and you start fighting and trying, trying so hard that you betray yourself again in order to get their approval, then you get to a place where you become exhausted again. The whole process has been put in motion again. And you then get to a place where at some point you say, I have to walk away. And there's a very big difference between walking away, because walking away is often leaving a mess behind. Walking on is saying, I came past you, I shared my truth, and I'm walking on. Not engaging again. So that you do not fall into the trap again of betraying yourself to get somebody else's approval. So those are the things. is forgetting yourself First and foremost, then looking at who else you need to forgive without expectation of them becoming better or worse or asking forgiveness of other people. Becoming discerning, living with discernment rather than judgment. And as I said to you in the last podcast we did, getting to know yourself as a divine being and in doing so, Honouring another person as exactly that. Because once you do, you will want to treat other people with compassion. And compassion is living from the heart. It is opening your heart. It is looking at another person and saying, I have no idea what you are going through. But I will hold the light. I will hold the energy I will create a space in which you can safely go through what you're going through how am I creating that space by not by not um, casting judgment by not fighting and sometimes by setting boundaries because if you are going to bring who and what you are into my life and complicate my life as a result of that, then we are going to create another negative space. So sometimes I need to honor myself and my heart enough to set a boundary and say, this is not going to work. But it is so important that we be strong in ourselves. It is so important. That we look at our vital life force. That we look at who we are as human beings. It starts with living from the heart. It starts with doing things from a place of love. And the only thing that I want to say more in that regard is that the opposite to love is not hate. The opposite to love is fear. So whenever you operate from a place of fear, you cannot operate from a place of love. You can only operate from a place of love when you have absolute faith and the ability to listen to the voice of the heart, which will always guide you to act from a place of love.
0: So you just mentioned vital force. And vitality, I'm presuming that it goes hand in hand. Does the heart center um, and opening of the heart affect the vitality or the vital force in your life? I do believe it does. Um, the vital force
1: is that which courses through your body. It is that, it's your breath, it is your being, um, it is everything that keeps you alive. And the more we become stunted in our growth, the more we become emotionally stunted, um, physically stunted, the less vibrant we are. And the less vibrant are we as projections of the magic and the, the, the um, absolute magnificent beings that we are. So the vital force, Goes hand in hand with this. Because the vital force is your heart force. It is that which flows forth from the center of your being and from your soul. It is that which, when you are no longer alive, that is what goes. That vital force, that energy, that link to spirit. And that is what we need to nurture. It is what we need to feed through, as I have said, and it will come back to the same thing time and time again. We feed the vital force through looking after ourselves, loving, accepting, and nurturing ourselves. Secondly, if you love, nurture, and accept yourself, only then can you do the same for another. You know... We are told in the Bible, love thy neighbor as thyself. I think many of our neighbors would want to run very far (laughs) if they thought we were going to love them the way we love ourselves. Because the majority of people in this world do not know what loving themselves really means. Loving yourself means... Caring enough to set healthy boundaries. To allow people into your life who uplift you. To allow people into your life who needs you. Who exchanges energy with you. Who allows you to love them. Because that is a deep, deep need of us as people is to love. So that is very, very important. Inviting people into your life who allows you to love them as much as they love you without being needy and dependent on you. Because you do not want needy, dependent relationships from any adults. So allowing healthy and building and really working at building, nurturing, good, healthy relationships. Yourself first with other people. Having done that, you will also then want to build your body, as I've mentioned before, um, through sleep, nutrition, and exercise. You would want to build your emotional capacity through communication, through self-improvement workshops, reading the necessary books, research, talking, talking, talking. You know, communication is, is always the best teacher seeking ways to grow emotionally so that your healthy your relationships can just be more and more healthy um, inter- intellectual growth Le- reading up studying finding something to be passionate about we all need to be passionate and passion is the fire that drives us when we have passion in anything in life that Cannot help but spill over into your relationships. Cannot help but spill over into all aspects of your being. Find something that you're passionate about. Study, read up, research. Do what you need to do to be intellectually on top of your game. You don't have to be a Mensa member But you have to be present. You have to be alive. Your mind needs to work because it makes you feel good. The other thing is be a part of your community. Find your community. Find your tribe. Whether it be a religious tribe in a church environment, whether it be a member of your community doing block watch or whatever it is, whether it be Having a spiritual group that you get together with and meditate. It doesn't matter what your community is, but find your place and play a role, an active role in creating a healthy and beautiful and happy community. Um, Find hobbies. Do fun things. Be out there. Be in nature. Embrace nature. Spend time alone or go for long walks. Whatever you need to do, embrace creation. Embrace all aspects of your life. And as you do that, you will get to love yourself and your life even more. And in doing that, your vital life force cannot help but be inspired and be
0: healed. Wonderful. Well, Estelle, thank you so much. We've come at the end of our time again. Um, It's gone so quickly. So I just want to say thank you so much. And I I hope that we can all bring that um, or listen to our heart voices and implement that vital force into our lives. Um, I can see that that would bring us much improvement in our daily lives and dealing with ourselves And others around us, excuse me. So, thank you so much for your time, Estelle. And once again, please send us your questions or any suggestions you might have. And we will have a look at them. And join us next time. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Penny. And yes, we look forward to getting input and more questions from you.